Welcome back to the Potluck Podcast. Unfortunately, we didn't see anyone posting us in their 2020 Spotify highlights package, so that's a goal we're setting for ourselves for 2021, that maybe we'll we'll see some of you guys posting us as the best podcast or uh, the most listened to podcast. Glad you're joining us here uh, December 3rd for some high school football talk. Plenty to talk about with round one of the state playoffs now in the books and round two, the Sweet 16, looming. Without further delay, let's start the show. You're listening to the Potluck Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of Commerce Football. Uncle Song joins me here today in the backyard. It's been a couple weeks since we did an in-person podcast, but here we are. As always, follow us on Twitter at Potluck Football, rate, review, subscribe on your podcast network provider of choice uh tell a friend about us while you're at it (laughs) uncle song how we doing doing great today dino out here in the backyard today instead of in the front yard backyard pod uh in the sunshine yeah it's almost to that temperature where i won't take my coat off but not yet uh now doing really good uh looking forward to talking some ball today uh looking forward to the tigers taking on gordon lee uh, tomorrow night in a, in Sweet 16. Yeah, big week, a lot to talk about. Let's get right into it where we left off. Commerce and Manchester review. Final from Raylam Stadium, Commerce 52, Manchester 20. The Tigers advance into round two of the state playoffs, the Sweet 16, only 16 left. So uh, getting down to crunch time. Uncle Son, <laughs> what did you see on Friday night? Well, uh, I, I thought the Tigers played pretty well out of the gates we kind of got got off to a slow start um it, but we we rushed out to what was it 24 to nothing at the half mm-hmm. and uh so we were up big at the half and then second half rolled around and it kind of went blow for blow there for a little while but you know our tigers pulled out uh and prevailed 52 to 20 um so it, i i think we played pretty well i think we kind of got a little i don't know if you want to say complacent but uh, we kind of let Manchester sneak back into that game, especially on the on the legs of Wadarius Steed. Uh, we talked about this off the air, but that guy really could play, mm-hmm. and uh, he broke a lot of tackles uh, from the Tigers and and uh, looked really good out there last Friday night. That he did. Um, obviously, their starting quarterback. If you follow us on Twitter, we mentioned that early in the game that he didn't make the trip with the team. I'm not sure if it was COVID related or if he had, you know, kind of opted out in the football season and elected to play basketball? So um, I was listening on WJJC Friday night, and I got news that a fair amount of their players had already turned in their equipment because Mm -hmm. they had a bye week in the last week, and they thought they didn't make the playoffs. And with the playoff Uh, adjustments, they they had already started playing other sports. So you can't, okay. So uh, that's why they only had like 29 players dress out on Friday night. Right. So that that certainly affected the game, you know, to what degree, who knows. Steed, yeah, he was just a power back. I mean, it was tough to bring down. Mm -hmm. Um, Had a tough time with him. So that definitely affected the game. I think last week we did talk about a comparison team, and we mentioned Social Circle. 
to me, be, being there in the stands, it felt a lot like that game at Social Circle where I think at that game it, it was 26 to nothing at halftime. It was pretty clear that Commerce was going to win the game. But you had Washington Wilkes the next week mm-hmm. kind of looming a little bit, yeah. and you're thinking, well, you know, let's go ahead and get to the next week. Yeah. I'm not sure if that actually crossed their minds, but um, it did – It you know, the third quarter kind of back and forth, but they actually won the third quarter. I think it was, you know, uh, 12 to 7 or something. something they like definitely that. scored more than the Tigers in the third quarter. So that kind of made it close. It was never uncomfortably close. Mm-hmm. I think it got as close as 38 to 20 at, at one point. Um, but it never was. It never felt like it was going to get out of hand. I wouldn't say. Um, just a quick matchup review: uh, Commerce D line versus Manchester O line. Um, we talked about how teams last week how teams seem to be able to get a lot of pressure on their quarterback. Um, well, it turned out to be a little bit of a different game. They were running <laughs> the ball a whole lot more than I thought they were going to. I remember last week I even said something like, "Well, they throw the ball ninety, you know, ninety percent of the time." Well, <laughs> not when your court, not when the starting quarterback's not yeah. there. So. Uh, they ran the ball a whole lot more, but the the uh, the D line, the front seven for the Tigers, did have a a good game. Um, we talked about Manchester's front seven or eight or nine versus the Commerce line and the blocking backs. Huge advantage there for Commerce, 300 plus yards rushing, over seven yards per rush on the night. Turnover battle and limiting self-inflicted mistakes. That's kind of always our our third matchup mm-hmm. X factor that we always talk about. A clean game, really, for both teams. There was only nine penalties all night, four to Commerce, five to Manchester, and Commerce won the turnover battle two to one. Um, before we move on to lose, use, play of the game, what you got for us on? Anything else you want to clean up? Well, I, I think you talked about Manchester's line of scrimmage. It surprised me how big they were when, when I was watching it on film, and I don't know if it was that way in person, but they looked pretty big. They had a couple big boys. Out there, and I, I think we handled that well. And, uh, you know, you and I kind of talked about before the show um, how much Commerce's line of scrimmage has matured over the year. The steps forward that we've seen from – uh, Peyton Freeman and Bo Childers, who were already great linemen before the, the beginning of the year, they're, I mean, they're playing some of the best ball they've ever played right now. Um, and then you got Hardy and Gaddis and Suber, and, and they're playing really good right now. So our offensive line has progressed. Our blocking backs have done a really good job. You made the comment on the Twitter Friday night about Frady's blocking two guys in one play. He made a, he made a reach block on a quick pitch and then saw a guy pursuing from the backside and hooked him too in the same play saw a lot of great blocks from sammy brown also um he's really i mean it still blows my mind that he's a freshman he's he but he's he's gotten so much better as the year's gone on too so those those were just my the individual performances on offense that i saw stand out um also this week uh anthony gaddis the commerce statistician that gives us our stats he he posted a highlight of his son mason who plays uh left guard just completely annihilating a backside linebacker. Put him on the back of his head. And uh, that was really good to see, not only for this year, but uh, for the future. As, he, as he's, I think Mason's a junior. Is that I right? believe that's correct. So uh, some good things for the future, good things looking at this time of the year too. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was the big things I saw about offense. Yeah, all in all, a great night in Ray Lamb Stadium. 52-20 to 20 is the final. Tigers advance to the second round. Um Lose used play of the game. You want to jump right into lose used? You want me to call it or you, you want to call it? Go ahead. Okay. But first, let me say, let's go, you know, as always, go see Dave and Jennifer, Downtown Commerce, Sanders Furniture. We'll get you a great deal. Everybody's indoors these days, you know. 
the, the temperature is starting to cool down. It's time to get to get an upgrade on that on that uh, furniture in your living room and uh, go see them. Get something comfortable. Yeah. Let's talk about lose, use, play of the game. So speaking of comfort, Air Diaz made things a little bit more comfortable for Woo! us right before the half. Our guy. He he really kicked the tar out of this ball. We got the ball back uh, right before the half and and uh, kind of lined it up in the in the middle of the field there. And Eric nailed a 44-yard field goal through the uprights. Could have been made from a lot farther. Oh, yeah, 50-plus, 50-plus. From what it seemed like and uh, got second in second, overall. Yeah. Second uh, all-time commerce for uh, longest field goal. Behind uh, Daniel Carter and Tommy Pickle. Eason. And Pickle. Pickle, okay. actually, yeah. Pickle and, and Daniel Carter have 45-yarders. Okay. So uh, Yeah, we'll have to talk to Micah about that. Because at one point, I, I mean, this is kind of a running joke in our small, kind of weird friend here. But Micah told us that Tommy was tied for the farthest. And I thought he was. I did too. I don't know. But Might apparently not. So we'll have to, we'll that have to figure that one out. But, uh, yeah, Air Diaz, the 44-yard boot. Um, I think I might put in a petition to name the uh, the pine forest behind the scoreboard, the Air, Air Diaz Pine Forest outside Tiger Field at Ray Lamb Stadium. Can we get that in the official name? We need a little sign, like a little plaque right there on the edge of the woods. Like. Air Diaz hit it into this, into this pine forest 65 uh, times. And then his career stats, all of his career stats. That would be awesome. A little golden boot or something. That would be electric. Uh, I don't think anyone's more beloved across the state than Air Diaz, by I don't the way. Either. I was listening to the uh, – the scoreboard show on Friday night, and I, Abe was one of the first ones to call in, and uh, it was funny. I, I forget the host name, but he he was talking about you know when they started talking about Diaz, he was like my guy, my guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it's like everybody loves it. Everybody loves their Diaz, man. Folk uh, hero. Gosh, just just an awesome kick. So uh, that that'll that'll conclude the review from from last week. Uh, let's jump right into some uh, some recaps here. I want to talk about Region Eight. Uh, that was a, a it was a good week in the first round of the playoffs for, for uh, Region 8. The two-seed, Washington Wilkes, over Taylor County, 41-18. to The three-seed, Lincoln County, drives all the way over to Chattahoochee County, which they're the number 10 team in the state, been in the top 10 all year, only lost one game previously. Take care of business, 29-13, to Red Devils over Chattahoochee County on the road. The four-seed out of Region 8 was Social Circle, they lost 21-41 to against Macon County, who, of course, is the one seed out of Region 5. They were number six in the state. But, man, it, Social was, was hanging in there for mm-hmm. a long time, and it looked like they might even get an upset too. So a big night for Region 8. Yeah, it made, it made me feel a lot better about Region 8 and the teams that we played this year. Um, at times during the year, I kind of felt like we might be playing some weaker teams, but this, <laughs> this, these results here really made me feel good about the Tigers. And uh, that we beat Washington Wilkes, and then they turn around and annihilate Taylor County, and Lincoln County doubled up Chattahoochee. You're right. I mean, it it just a good look for eight eight A across the state. Yeah, definitely, definitely wanted to touch on that before we get into the rest of the playoffs. We'll circle back around to Single A at the end before we talk about Commerce Gordon Lee. Um, let's talk Single A Private. So local results I have here: Athens Academy sneaks by Mount Vernon in a shootout, forty nine to forty two in overtime. Uh, Athens Christian drops a close one to one seed Wesleyan, thirty-one to twenty-eight. And man, that one was close. I remember walking out of the uh, walking out of the stadium Friday night and checking my phone, getting updates from you know different people. But um, that was, I think, it, late in the game they were up, and I was like, man, this like every Athens area team is just having a great night. Uh, I don't well, I don't think Athens Academy would consider that a, <laughs> a great night. But 
they had a, cl- a little closer than they wanted. But uh, George Walton hammered Holy Innocence uh, in a rematch, thirty-two to seven. Um, Lakeview, unfortunately, one and done in their in their first playoff appearance, losing twenty-eight to seven to North Cobb Christian. But definitely a team to watch in the coming years. Uh, I think they're going to be on the rise. Prince Avenue all over Hebron, sixty-three to twenty-eight to open the playoffs. That was our our local results. Anything you want to add to those before we get into the Sweet 16? I think, uh, you know, you talked about Athens Christian, and that's one of those teams this year, kind of like Hart County, they were in a lot of games early um, and and hung around. I think Athens Christian's a really good team. They just had some bad breaks. They led that game all the way up. Athens Academy and Prince and George Walton, I mean, obviously all those teams performed and won in the first round of the playoffs. So they had a tough schedule. It kind of, I think, made them ready to play in the playoffs. Yeah. Sweet 16? All right. Calvary Day at first Presbyterian. Calvary Day is going to be a four-point favorite there. Christian Heritage, um, I think that they're hosting George Walton, and they're a seven-point favorite over George Walton. Elka hosting Stratford Academy. They are a 22-point favorite. Fellowship Christian hosts Athens Academy. Or is Athens Academy home in that one? No, yeah. I'm trying to check. I guess that'll be a two. That's a two. That'll be a two-one. So, yeah. Athens Academy have to go on the road for that one. Yep, and uh, Christian Heritage is hosting George Walton. Yeah, so um, Athens Academy a nine-point underdog in that one. We mentioned this last last week, but that's number three and number four playing each other in the second round. We got something similar in, in public, single-A public that we'll talk about. North Cobb on the road at Wesleyan. Uh, they are a three-point favorite, though, North Cobb is. Prince Avenue hosting Darlington as a 25-point favorite. Savannah Christian hosting Pacelli as a 21-point favorite, and Trinity Christian hosting Whitfield Academy as an 8-point favorite. Uh, obviously, North Cobb and Wesleyan with that 3-point spread looks to be the closest, but I'll, I'll, I think our eyes are going to be on Fellowship and, and Athens Academy. Yeah, it's it's weird to see Athens Academy as the underdog because right. usually, I mean, everybody's just high as can be on Athens Academy, and uh, it seems kind of like they might have tapered off a little bit. That that last week's results for them really shocked me. Mount Vernon may be a great team, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of seems like ACAD might have fallen off at the end of the year. Right, yeah. Um, quick write-up from Georgia High School Football Daily about the Athens Academy Fellowship game. Athens Academy 9-1, and Fellowship Christian 9-0. and This is one of three second-round games between top five teams, the only one in Class A. Athens Academy, ranked number four, was taken to overtime last week in a 49-42 victory over Mount Vernon. And they needed a touchdown drive in the final minute of regulation to make that happen. Trey Hawkins rushed for 197 yards and four touchdowns on 35 carries. Ethan Connolly intercepted a pass in the end zone to clinch it. Fellowship Christian is ranked number three. Uh, haven't had a game closer than 22 points all year. They average a state-best 49.8 points per game. Murphy Reeves rushed for 238 yards on just 12 carries last week in a 49-7 victory over Mount Perrin Christian. That put him at 1,588 yards for the season in just nine games. He has almost 5,000 yards in his career. These teams haven't played each other since 2007. Fellowship won that one 31-214. So there will be a lot of points in that game, it sounds like, <laughs> uh, from, from that. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to have to look out for that one. Also pulling for George Walton as the underdog there to kind of advance, and maybe this kind of Athens area, Northeast Georgia area yeah. teams can, can stay on a roll. Want to move to double A? All right. Locally, Elbert County drops a close one to Bremen, 28-21. to A lot closer than I thought that one was going to be. Yeah, and this one, uh, I was following it after the game because they played this one later than the Commerce game. Right, uh, Saturday. Yeah, it was it was Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, Elbert was, was up 
and Bremen had to come from behind. And I think they scored that final touchdown with just seconds left on the clock. So this one must have been a real barn burner over there. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was in the Granite Bowl, right? No, they went to they went over they there. went to Bremen. Yeah, Bremen was a one seed, I think. Okay. Uh, Fanning County, or they were a, a two a seed. Two seed. Two seed, yeah. Fanning County advances in the playoffs for the first time since 1995. The boys from Blue Ridge winners, 28 21 over Pace Academy. Oglethorpe was down by Fitzgerald, 58 to 12. Putnam County ends their season on a low note, 48 to 7 to Early County. Sorry about that, Seals. <laughs> Raven County rolls over Harrelson County, 35 to nothing. That's a statement win right there. Yes. Union County loses a close one to Heard County, 31 to 28. So we almost had a fan and Union rematch yeah, in the second round, cool. which would have been really cool. Guys up in the mountains playing each other in the second <laughs> round of the playoffs. Um, any anything to mention there before moving to the Sweet 16? Uh, people are really high on Fanning County right now. They've got a, a quarterback. I think his name's Luke Holloway, who's mm-hmm. supposed to be a stud. Got a host of wide receivers who are really good. Read an article or an interview today with their head coach uh, that the the Daily Newsletter did. Yeah, um, they seem to have things rolling up there um, in Blue Ridge. Right, and it should be a good one. They beat uh, Union County earlier in the year, and obviously Union County kept it really close with Heard County. Mm-hmm. Heard County's who they're they're now playing, but. Uh, let's talk about the Sweet 16. Bremen at South Atlanta. Bremen is seven or seven point favorites there. Callaway hosting Lovett. There's Callaway seven point favorites. Early County hosting Beckley. Bleckley County. Early County is favored by five. Fanning County at home versus Heard County. Fanning County favored by eight. So that, that like we just mentioned, um, could be a close one. Could be a good game. Hopefully Fanning County pulls another one out. Mm-hmm. Fitzgerald. Um, is going to be meeting Northeast in Fitzgerald. They are 27-point favorites, so that's an unbelievable margin there. But we got to a big, an even bigger one uh, coming later. Jefferson County versus Jefferson Davis. Uh, Jefferson County is going to be a three-point favorite. Rabin County hosting Model. Is it Model? It's, a, it's either uh, Model or Modell. Modell. I, I think like it's Modell. It's Modell. I think so. Where are we at there? What, what, <laughs> I don't know where that's at. I think we need to look that up. Anyways, they are a 37-point uh, favorite. We will get corrected on that, by the way. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of a lot of listeners from all over the state. So, um, oh man, there could be some Northwest Georgia listeners too. So if we get if we get it wrong, that's not going to be a good look for us. Yeah, they'll, they'll come correct us uh, Friday night. It's but, Region Seven, so yeah. it's probably Northwest. It is. Yes, yeah, Northwest for sure. It's, it's above Rome. Um, anyways, Thomasville <laughs> at Dodge County, and Thomasville is four points uh, favorite in that one. Anything to discuss on the AA end looking at the Sweet 16? Uh, I think that Callaway-Lovett game is going to be a pretty good game. Callaway's had a really good season. Uh, we see a lot of stuff from them um, from Northwest Georgia Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, let see. I think Raven County will roll. Uh, look, it does look like these will be a better slate of games than the opening week in AA. Right. I mean, you got one, two, three, four, five, six single-digit spreads, yeah. and you only got two that are up in the 20s. Uh, both of those, I think, will end up being pretty close to that margin, too. So you got six really good games to look out for mm-hmm. uh, in that in that classification. Uh, AAA. Locally, we got Dawson County advancing 45-31 to 31 over Adairsville. Franklin County loses to uh, GAC 37-7. to 7. Hart County loses a hard fart, a hard fault battle to Carver Atlanta, thirty-two to twenty-one. That one was actually uh, closer than it, than thirty-two to twenty-one. Yeah, I think that that didn't they score late at the end? or Yeah, something? I, they they pulled away at the end. Um, 
I kind of thought Hart County was going to win that. So I it was did a little too. surprise. Monroe area knocked out by Cedar Grove, twenty-eight to twelve. We did mention that Cedar Grove had the forfeit situation, so they're actually the best team in the state. Um, Monroe did hang around pretty well in that one. Morgan County thirteen, Applin County forty-two. So Morgan County knocked out. North Hall advances over North Murray, thirty-six to twenty-eight. Hadn't talked about North Hall very much. Uh, the boys from Claremont uh, <laughs> st- sticking around, staying in the playoffs there. Um, Oconee County gets by Westminster, twenty-one to seven, as the one seed from eight AAA. I think that one was a little closer than they wanted it to be. Uh, White County does lose in a shootout, forty-eight to thirty-five to Rockmart. Uh, unfortunately, our boys from White County, the season ends. Uh, wish that situation would have been a little bit better for them as far as seeding. But uh, anything you have to add on the local AAA teams? Yeah. Uh... We've, we've been really high on AAA this year, especially eight AAA, and I was kind of disappointed to see that some of our teams lost. Uh, we've been real high on Franklin and Hart and uh, Monroe and White County. Uh, so not going to get to hear from those boys anymore, unfortunately, but really good seasons for all of those programs. Um, it, was, it was a pleasure to cover them this year. And Oconee County, that's – you know, we kind of build Westminster last, last week as like this uh, – one seed killer like fate you know yeah. giant slayer and yeah. they they played them close they did uh so sweet 16 action in triple a applin county hosting ups and lee applin county is going to be 27 point favorites in that one carver atlanta on the road at cherokee bluff carver is going to be a 13 point favorite there cedar grove on the road at Rockmart. uh cedar grove is going to be favored by 16 again uh number one team in the state kind of the weird situation with the forfeits crisp county at richmond academy crisp county is favored by 18 gac hosting north hall as 29 point favorites oconee county is favored by 36 over dawson county so dawson county is going to come down to oconee county to play that one peach county versus thompson now that one will be at peach county peach county favored by 16 pierce county versus central and macon uh pierce county favored by 31. So a little bit of a, a theme here is uh, a lot of road teams are favored. Carver Atlanta <laughs> favored on the road, Cedar Grove favored on the road, and Crisp County favored on the road. Um, also another little highlight game, Oconee County and Dawson County, lo- local-ish teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oconee, County, Oconee County favored by 36. Anything to add there? Yeah, there's still a lot of really good teams in, in AAA. You go down the list and look at Cedar Grove. That Cedar Grove Rockmark game is probably going to be a pretty good game. I don't know how much how if Rockmark can hang with them the whole game, but I bet it'll be early or close early. Um, got GAC; they're probably going to be a favorite running the rest of the year. Yeah. Oconee County uh, that Oco- Oconee County is going to beat Dawson County, but Dawson County as a program has gotten so much better over oh, yeah. the last couple of decades. No doubt. Um, yeah, we'll keep our eyes on AAA. Friday night. 4A, locally, we got Cedar Shoals that was uh, handled by Riverdale, 44-7. Flowery Branch hammers Luella, 40-7. Jefferson, 65 to nothing winners over Mount Zion, Jonesboro there. North Oconee advances 41-35 to over Fayette County on the road. So, a big win for the guys from North Oconee. Um, thoughts there, Uncle Song? A lot of big victories for our, uh, our local teams and uh, – quadruple a you got the only close close score there is north oconee mm-hmm. they, they were the four seed right 
They were no, I think Cedar was the four. Yeah, uh, North yeah. Oconee was the three. So they did. They, you know, it's still a, still a road win uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Tough to do. Sweet sixteen lining up like this in four A. Bainbridge host Islands. <laughs> what do you think their theme music is? What do you think they run out to? Islands in the stream. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Electric. Bainbridge 21-point 20, favorites. Benedictine versus Cairo. Sarah Makers are eight-point underdogs, unfortunately. Carver-Columbus versus Baldwin. Got the wind chimes going. Carver-Columbus <laughs> favored by eight in that one. They are going to be at home. Cedartown at home versus North Oconee. So, the, so North Oconee is going to travel uh, up to the northwest uh, portion of the state and be 14-point underdogs in that one. Jefferson. 30-point favorites at home versus Hapeville Charter. If you remember, Hapeville Charter was in double-A not too mm-hmm. long ago. They won, played, won a couple state championships. They played Rabin County, I think, in the mm-hmm. state championship one year and beat Rabin. Yep. Marist will host Flowery Branch, and Marist will be 14-point favorites. Perry hosting LaGrange. Perry is favored by 12. And Riverdale hosts Northwest Whitfield, where Riverdale will be favored by 6. Any thoughts there? I think that Marist Flowery Branch game is interesting. Um, I believe I think it was Branch will cover that one. Yeah, I do too. Uh, that was a really close game last year. I think um, those guys were in the same region, maybe, and uh, and it was it was almost like a region championship esque kind of game. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a little bit of history there. I think Jefferson's going to roll. Uh, <laughs> uh, 5A, locally we got Calhoun. Well, not really locally, but we got some local ties. Calhoun yeah. 46 to 21 over Lithia Springs. Clark Central 41 to 14 over MLK. And those two are meeting this week in the Classic City. So, as I mentioned, Commerce ties and then a local team, Clark Central. So, Sweet 16 rundown is this in 5A Blessed Trinity versus Decatur. Blessed Trinity 28 point favorites. Calhoun at Clark Central. Calhoun's going to be favored by five on the road. Uh, Cartersville at St. Pius, Cartersville, 12-point favorites. Coffee at Stars Mill, Coffee, 10-point favorites. Eastside at New Manchester. New Manchester, not the old Manchester. <laughs> Eastside, uh, favored by seven on the road. Jones County versus Griffin. Uh, Jones, 11-point favorites. Ware County on the road at Creekside. Ware is still a 22-point favorite in that one. Warner Robins versus Woodward Academy as 40-point favorites. So, as, as a Commerce fan, two games here stick out to me. Like, you talked about Calhoun, Clark Central, five-point spread one. there. Uh, I don't, have you seen Clark Central's new field? Have you seen pictures of I've, it? I've rode by there. It looks uh, pretty cool. I've never been inside, no. I have, I've never been inside either. I have either. seen pictures, though. When they played Jackson County, I, yeah. I, I saw some pictures. It, it looks does like look really nice. That's going to be a, a cool game. You know, Clark Central folks always come out. For that game, I think Calhoun will travel well, so I think it'll be a cool atmosphere for that. Uh, just a stone's throw from the university, uh, and then the second game is Cartersville at St. Pius. Um, Carterville, Cartersville turned out to be, I think, the three seed from that region over there that was stacked. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I'm probably going to be pulling for St. Pius because <laughs> I don't know why, but those uh, Northeast Georgia football camp mm. ties—they run strong, well, and I'm going to be pulling for camp, those boys. Whew. Play that hard, hardened you up, <laughs> made you a man back in the day when, you, when we hosted that. Uh, yeah, Coach At Stevenson uh, probably will be tra- traveling on down yeah, to probably uh, will. To, to Athens, even though he's you know a good driver, good 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 driver for him uh, away from that from the high school. I know he'll he'll go down there and watch Calhoun play. So uh, we'll we'll definitely have to keep tabs on that one. In six A locally, you had Buford forty eight to nothing over. Douglas County, Habersham Central was knocked out in the first round on the road at Rome, 35-14. to 
Winder Barrow blown out by Carrollton, 55-7. to uh, Habersham had a tough draw there. Uh, Buford, Douglas County was actually pretty good from what I read. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's a stout win for them. Buford's on the road to another state title, I think, in, in a different classification, <laughs> as they seem to do. They're going to win one in every single classification. That's, yeah, that's a <laughs> dead serious statement. Uh, Sweet 16 this week in 6A, Alatoona hosting Decula as a seven-point favorite. Buford a 34-point favorite at home versus Cambridge. Carrollton uh, will host Sprayberry as a seven-point favorite. Hughes at Glen Academy, a nine-point favorite. Lee County hosting Brunswick, South Georgia matchup there. Uh, Lee County favored by 32. Rome at River Ridge, pick them. Mm. No favors in that one, uh, just a – Good old uh, straight-up game there between Rome and River Ridge, so that should be a good one. Valdosta at Evans. Valdosta is a 35-point favorite. Uh, old Probst got his 300th win this past week, I saw, so good for him. Westlake in Richmond. Uh, that will be at Westlake, and Westlake will be favored by eight. Any thoughts on 6A there, Song? Did they count the Alabama wins? Is that 300? Yeah, yeah they're okay. just saying career wins, yeah. Not in Georgia, but, yeah, at Hoover and uh, Colquitt and now Valdosta. Okay. So. Well, good for him. 7A. Locally, we got Gainesville drops a close one to Archer, 21 to 14, and Mill Creek loses a heartbreaker to Roswell, uh, 28 to 27. In the Sweet 16 in 7A, Collins Hill will host Denmark as 22 point favorites. Colquitt County will host Walton, and they're favored by 36. East Coetta versus Parkview. That one's at East Coetta. Um, Coweta, Coweta. I it? think it's Coweta. Coweta. Coweta County. East Coweta. <laughs> Anyways, they're favored by five, however you say it. Grayson and, and Harrison. Uh, Grayson's favored by 34 in that one. Lowndes at North Cobb. So, long trip for Lowndes there. Uh, but they mm-hmm. are seven-point favorites. Milton versus Archer. Um, that sounds like a uh, some kind of medieval uh, name It kind of does. Milton versus Archer. <laughs> <laughs> Milton's favored by six. Norcross versus Roswell at Norcross. That one is uh, Norcross favored by 14. And North Gwinnett at West Forsyth. North Gwinnett will be the eight-point favorites. Uh, This is the time of year where we get those, like, Metro Atlanta versus South Georgia battles. Mm-hmm. We got a those couple get of those. Heated too. They, there's a big like low a culture key, clash. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of like it's like when Georgia plays Georgia Tech. There's yeah. a lot of differences between those two areas. Big big time culture clashes going <laughs> on. So um, yeah, some good matchups there. You got you got a, a five point game potentially, a seven point game, six point game. So we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll try to keep you updated on some of those on Friday night on Twitter at Potluck Football, as mentioned before. But let's get to our bread and butter song. Let's get to single A public, what we kind of know the most about before we hop into commerce. Let's talk about results, okay? Okay. Metter region, one seed, Metter, sneaking by Turner County, <laughs> just snuck one bomb, 20 to 19. Oh, they were down 13 to nothing at what one point, weren't they? world was going on there? I don't know. Like, I wish we had a correspondent in Metter. We do you need know. a better correspondent. I got an idea if if, if uh, Commerce ends up facing better. I got got a good good guest. I think I could dial up, and I think he'd come on. But uh, we'll th- we'll talk we'll think about that when we get there. But Mitchell County in overtime uh, over Johnson County, twenty eight to twenty two. So the two seed Mitchell County barely advancing over Johnson. We mentioned that one last week that we thought it was going to be a really good game. Uh, seems like it was well played and determined uh, in overtime. 
Number uh, the one seed Macon County over Social Circle. We mentioned that one in the Region Eight, forty-one to twenty-one. There, the two seed Warren County hammers Mount Zion, sixty to fourteen. I wouldn't have seen that coming, I, honestly. Uh, Warren County is one of those teams that you can't. I couldn't really get a feel on this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mount Zion's not a bad team, um, so that one surprised me. They've actually got a kid that's a lineman that's going to Coastal Carolina. And, like, before this year, that wouldn't have been a big deal. But, like, now. Hey, game day's going <laughs> game there this Saturday, baby. Coastal Carolina, BYU, let's oh, get it. That's oh, going to be, be awesome. Pelham region. Uh, the one seed Pelham, a winner over Montgomery County, 41-12. to 12. Gosh, Addy, the dog. <laughs> My dog is just all over the place right now. Uh, Pelham. A winner over Montgomery County, 41-12. to The three-seed, Clinch County. This was a game that we thought could have been game of the week kind of material. They went uh, over to McIntosh County over in Darien. Uh, they did win a close one on the coast, 23-17 to in overtime. Uh, don't look now, but that's three straight for the Panthers in Clinch County, including one over Irwin County. They're always a factor in the playoffs. No always. matter what, Clinch County is going to be around. It's kind of like – you know, what we used to say about Lincoln County and may start saying again about Lincoln County, but the mm-hmm. road to state is going to go through Homer, Homerville. At some point, uh, it seems like it does. The one seed, Hancock Central, barely getting by Best Academy. Uh, and, of course, that's the boys from the Business Engineering Science and Technology Academy. Of course. Of course, 24 to 22, Hancock Central slips by them. I actually had uh, somebody that's in the pool. I won't name names, but somebody that's in the pool <laughs> contact him was like, Best Academy, like who's playing to determine who that is? It's like no, it's like, no they're, that's that's the team that they're playing. They thought, thought there was like a play-in game. Like, whoever wins out of these Best Academies, that's so that was pretty good. Uh, the three seed Lincoln County by sixteen over Chattahoochee County, twenty-nine to thirteen. So that wraps up the Pelham region, the Dublin region. Dublin in another close one, much like Metter. They find a way to survive against Terrell County, fourteen to twelve. So that one actually surprised me more than the better game because Turner County has had some good seasons. Turner County has been a factor some years. Um, Terrell County, you know. Not so much. Yeah, I I don't ever think about Terrell County, honestly. And again, I mean, we probably should say that we know this is – we're not sitting here saying that they had all the players. We have no idea. They could have been missing 20 players because of COVID. We we don't know the the, the facts of it. But the score is definitely surprising regardless. Even if you'd have taken – Dublin's 14 points and transposed it to 41 points to 12, I still think I would have been shocked by that result. <laughs> because, I mean, Dublin has been so good this year. They have been solid. Uh, Brooks County handling Claxton 36-0. One seed, Bowden 35-6, closing it out against Wilkinson County. The two seed is Washington Wilkes. They advance to round two, winners 41-18 to over Taylor County. And finally, we get to the Commerce region. The one seed, Irwin County, 41-7 to over Jenkins County. Big win there, and it's playoff time, and you know Irwin's, Irwin's coming. <laughs> two seed, Wilcox County, 51 to nothing over Miller County. Big result from Wilcox. They're going to play each other. That is going to be an excellent game uh, this Friday night. The two seed, Gordon Lee, winners 56-0 to over Georgia Military, which will lead us into this week's preview. But first... Let's talk about the rest of the single-A bracket. The Sweet 16 sets up like this. Brooks County at Dublin County. Brooks County is going to be favored by seven over Dublin there in a rematch of last year's double-A state championship. They're playing this in the, in the second round. Clinch County on the road at Pelham. Clinch County, four-point favorites on the road at Pelham. 
Commerce hosting Gordon Lee, of course. Commerce is going to be favored by 14 in that one. Irwin County versus Wilcox County. I was very surprised this line was so big. But there in Osceola, it's tough to go in there and win. Mm -hmm. I know that for sure. Wilcox is 18-point underdogs. Lincoln County at Hancock Central. Red Devils favored by one. How about that, Sean? Macon County (laughs) hosting Warren County. They are 21-point favorites. With that Warren County result, I don't know if that's going to be be enough. Mm-hmm. Metter host Mitchell County. 25-point favorites uh, are the Metter Tigers. Is better in Metter. Washington Wilkes on the road at Bowden as 13-point favorites. Two touchdowns. Uh, get Go the uh, the Blue Tigers, our friends down there in Washington, going to travel up to Bowden, see if they can get it done. Song, what do you think about that? I'm biased. I will admit my bias. But these are the best games. Like, top to bottom in the Sweet 16, Class A public has the best games this week. Like, the most competitive, the most interest for me. Brooks-Dublin, double A rematch for the state championship in the second round of the playoffs. Um, I don't know who I like in that game. Honestly, I, before this week, I would have said Dublin. I would have said Dublin, too. Um, Man. But Brooks, Brooks has got a really good head coach down there. Um, I've seen some stuff on him. I I like him. But Dublin is just all – I mean, they're strong. They are super strong power team. I don't know. I don't know. Clinch County, Pelham, this is two teams that, as far as the season has gone, we really know nothing about. Like, Pelham only played six games this season. Clinch County didn't play very many either, and they've, they've just morphed. Like, they were really bad at the beginning of the season, and now they're really good. So, you just you can't get a read on either one of these teams. Uh, Commerce, Gordon Lee, we'll talk about that one. Uh, Irwin, Wilcox, I don't know if that 18-point spread, like you said, I don't know if that's right. I think that'll be a closer game than that. Um, on the other hand, I think Lincoln County is going to beat the brakes off Hancock. Woo! I, that's bold, bold statements. Bold statement for the Sweet 16. But uh, I just don't think Hancock really did anything this year. I mean, and I don't know much about them. But well, let me tell you something about them. Georgia High me. School Football tell Daily. Me. These East Georgia rivals played in separate regions this season for the first time since 2003. Lincoln County leads the series 22-1. to Its only mm-hmm. loss came in 2018. Lincoln County's 29-13 victory over Chattahoochee County was the biggest upset in the state last week, according to the computer Maxwell uh, ratings, which had uh, the Red Devils as a 24-point underdog. On the flip side, Hancock Central won region for the first time in school history. It's 24-22 victory over Best Academy. Our guys at Best uh, last week was (laughs) its first playoff win since 2006. So there's a little bit about Lincoln County and Hancock Central. Yeah, and and that makes me want to follow those results a little bit more. I still think Lincoln County is going to roll in this one. but, you know, it makes me like Hancock Central a little bit more. Uh, Macon County, Warren County, I think this one's closer than 21 points. What do you think? After what I saw from Macon County in Social Circle, I think Warren County is probably a little bit better in Social Circle. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they were quarterfinalists last year, I think, was Warren County. Um, and they, you know, they've averaged – almost 41 points in their last seven games. I mean, they can put points on the board. Um, Macon County, though, they, they can do the same thing. Yeah. They average a ton of rushing yards. Yeah. Um, they're they're a big running back, Smokey Clark, Davion oh, Smokey Clark, all-time <laughs> nickname. He went for 192 yards and a touchdown on 18 carries 
last week, but they also had Landon Austin who rushed for 144 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, they got that you know that kind of one-two punch of those two guys. They can they can run it all down your throat, and but you know Warren County can score. A lot of points are going to get put on the board, yeah. but like you said, that Warren County result last week kind of makes me think they might could they might could beat Macon County. And not only that, but Region Five. I mean, they didn't have a good showing right. against Region Eight. Now, you know, various reasons. A lot of the players probably you know they kind of had that shuffle, so you mm-hmm. didn't really know who was playing who and all that. But but um, yeah, definitely, th- definitely, I think Warren County will be able to keep it close. These are the matchups though that make the playoffs so interesting because like you just never think about Macon County playing Warren County. And, like, mm-hmm. 7A and 5A don't cross over a whole lot. Right. Uh, then you got Metter and Mitchell County. Uh, we'll see if Mitchell County can represent Region 1 and Dunn against the Meta Tigers. Aren't they the Tigers? Metter, yep. Yeah. Metter Tigers. Better and Metter. <laughs> then uh, Washington Wilkes going to Bowden. This is a 13-point spread. Uh, we'll see how strong 6A really is against Washington Wilkes. Dalen Cobb had a big week last week. I don't know. Did you see his, his stat line? Yeah, he ran for 140, uh, 114 yards and two touchdowns on 15 carries, and then he also had 55 yards passing. And we saw, you know, he was capable of doing that against Cummers in the second quarter. So uh, I, I think Washington Wilkes rolls in that one. Yeah, Bowden's a little more balanced. They had 432 total yards last week. Uh, 227 of those were on the ground in the, th- in the Wilkinson uh, victory uh, over Wilkinson County. These two teams, by the way, have met four times, all coming in the playoffs and all coming since 2005. Each team has won twice. Wow. Good stats there. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. Bowden's always – when I think about Bowden, I kind of think about like a hard-nosed team. They're, they're kind of like Commerce a little bit. Um, they're more of a power team. I think, yeah, and, and we'll get into a little bit more comparisons, you know, but Northwest Georgia and Northeast Georgia, just kind of a lot of similarities there as far are. as, like, what they're good at, you know, as far as sports. You got your wrestling and softball, yeah. and they love football, and a lot of the culture is similar. Yeah, agreed. So we got some good matchups in, in single-A public. I, like you said, I think I like this across the board. I, this is my favorite slot, slot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, bias definitely in, in play. But you want to go ahead and move to Commerce and Gordon Lee? Yes. That's the reason we're here. Let's talk about it. All right, so Commerce this Friday night is playing the Gordon Lee Trojans in the second round of the playoffs, the Sweet 16. This is a – but first, before you get started, this is a really good kind of, you know, ambience out here. You got the, <laughs> the lawnmower going. Two of them. You got du- dueling lawnmowers. You got the sun going down. It's a little chilly. It's the only leaves, 228. The leaves are out here. It's football. It is football. It's football. I'll it let is. you continue now. Okay, so Gordon Lee, uh, <laughs> Trojans coming out of Chickamauga, 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 uh, Georgia, population uh, thirty one hundred and one. Uh, I think that most of these populations are coming from the two thousand ten census. Two thousand twenty census results are not available yet. Um, they they live or they play in Walker County which is up there in northwest Georgia, Region 6A. Uh, Gordon Lee High School. So when the first time I ever heard Gordon Lee, I was like, well, where in the world is Gordon Lee? Because usually you have a city school, it's got a, the city's name on it. But Gordon Lee is named for a man named Gordon Lee. Uh, Shout out to Gordon Lee. He, he was a former U.S. congressman uh, from 1905 to 1927 who rec- represented the Chickamauga area in uh, – the House of Representatives, the U.S. House of Representatives. 
uh, he deeded a plot of land in 1907 to build a school in his home of Chickamauga. So that's why the school is named Gordon Lee, but it's in Chickamauga. Uh, the area known as Chickamauga now was, was settled way, I mean, it, Cherokee Indians lived there back in the day, up until about the 1830s. And, and then, uh, you know, if you're a, a student of U.S. history, uh, the Trail of Tears happened. And, and those Cherokee Indians who lived in that part of the state were um, relocated out west to Oklahoma and other to Indian reservations. And, and those Indians were no longer in, uh, or Native Americans were no longer in uh, northwest Georgia. Uh, it's kind of a historical significance of the Chickamauga area. Also in the lines of history, the Battle of Chickamauga was a battle in the Civil War. Uh, it happened in September of 1863. There were 150,000 soldiers at that battle. Uh, it was a southern victory on that uh, campaign towards Atlanta for Sherman. Um, in 1888, uh, so this is after the Civil War during the Reconstruction period, the railroad came to town. This is a Central Georgia Railway uh, came into Gordon or uh, Chickamauga and, and kind of brought some industry in there. Uh, coal became kind of a, a big deal um, and, and textiles, much like commerce, Commerce, you know, we had the rail line come from Athens up to Lula. The spur came through town, and, and the town kind of expanded, and textiles was a part of that. In the same way, in the early 1900s, uh, Chickamauga became a, a mill town. Uh, the topography around uh, Chickamauga is interesting. They're in the ridge and valley section of the state, really beautiful area up there. Yeah. I remember when we went back went there in 07 uh, I remembered how pretty it was we went up there to Tron and to Chickamauga that year and it, it was a really pretty part of the state uh, everybody's favorite information that I dole out each week the zip code <laughs> of Chickamauga 30707 so uh, if you ever need to send anything up there it's a good zip code it is I, I like the there's almost balance in it yeah uh, but up there in the 307 um, area uh, as far as football goes, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk football. Uh, Gordon Lee's been playing football. But for we do appreciate the history lesson. <laughs> yeah, you got to set the mood. Uh, give some context. But they've been playing football up there for uh, 91 seasons consecutively since 1930, on through the Great Depression, on through the World War II, uh, all the way up to 2020. Um, their overall history – it, they're not a winning program. That kind of surprised me when I, I started delving into their history. They're, they've only won 46.2% of their games. Uh, they're 383, uh, 400 to, four, 383 wins to 448 losses and 23 ties. Uh, they've won four region championships, the last one coming in 1978. And like I said earlier, they play in 6A public. And over the years uh, – you know, 8A in the playoff kind of gets matched matched up with 6A. They get matched up with 7A or 5A a lot of times in the first round. And the only matchup between Commerce and Gordon Lee uh, came in the playoffs back in 2007. Uh, Commerce drew Gordon Lee then, and uh, it was a defeat for the Commerce Tigers. Uh, we went over there to Gordon Lee and lost – 16 to 14 in the first round of the playoffs and that honestly in, in 07 that was the last time they ever had a winning season in their program history so uh that was a big year for them that was a big game uh, i don't know if tiger fans remember being there there was some controversy at the end of the game uh, it was a really physical game 
Um, it was a super cold night too. It's like 13 degrees. Um, Tiger fans were bundled up. Tiger players were, were kind of trying to keep warm. And, uh, and we, we were winning the game, uh, 14 to 13 at the end of the game. And, and Gordon Lee was back on their side of the 50, if I remember correctly. And, uh, and we stopped them. They went for it. They were, they were trying to go for – to get in field goal range or, or get a touchdown to win the game, and we stopped them. And time expired, and there was a penalty called. And it was, it was either a roughing the passer or an unsportsmanlike penalty. It was on Chase Bowen. I'll never forget it. And uh, Coach Savage went out there to argue the call. It's a 15-yard penalty. And I believe, if memory serves correct, they threw two unsportsmanlike penalties on Coach Savage at the end of regulation – uh, zero time on the clock. It moved Gordon Lee 45 yards up the field. They attempted a field goal and beat us 16-14. to 14. So a really controversial ending to that game, um, one that a lot of the Commerce faithful kind of thought that, that we should have won. Um, but one thing above all else from this game sticks out in my mind. Uh, a, a funny story that I was on, I was on this team. A funny story from, from the team. Uh, there, there's a certain Commerce Tiger lineman uh, who shall remain unnamed who had a hard time dealing with the cool temperatures that night. I mean, it was really cold. Like, 13 degrees is pretty doggone cold, especially when you're out there in a football uniform. And uh, this certain lineman had a, had a unique idea. Um, he decided at halftime to try to keep warm. He urinated on himself. And uh, it was Just a bold strategy. All-time great idea. All-time great idea. It's like, <laughs> hey, I'm cold. Urine's warm. It comes out of my body at 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Let's see if this can warm me up. So he pees on himself and then proceeds to freeze the rest of the game because he's, he's peed his pants. Um, yeah. And then went out there. liquid all over him. <laughs> all so over him. And we was... were wearing the black pants that night, if, if memory serves correct, so nobody could see it. But uh, for those Tiger fans out there who who do not know this story, I think it's it's a funny story. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who that guy was because it's a little bit embarrassing. But uh, that's the biggest thing that I remember from not that game. Not that you'd honestly. <laughs> Probably me. not. Oh, man. Probably not. But, uh, yeah, that was something. Interesting series between these two teams, even though it's only one game. Uh, some things have changed at Gordon Lee since then. Uh, they have a new new head coach. His name is Josh Grosh. Um, he's been there two seasons, 2019 and 2020. Uh, he's 14 and seven over both seasons, uh, four and six in 19, and uh, 10 and one for those of us who struggle with math. Break that down a little bit. Uh, they've had a great season this year. Um, it really, really jumped out to 10 and one. And I'm gonna let Dino take over here and, and talk about the 2020 campaign for the Gordon Lee Trojans. Yeah, I mean a great season. You know, we just mentioned probably their best season in 13 years since the last time they were in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, really good team they got up there. Gordon Lee Trojans 2020 season, as you mentioned, 11 and one, four and one in region play. Started out the year uh, five and zero. Oh. They defeated Dade County 50 to 28. They defeated Lakeview Fort Oglethorpe 29 to 15. Lafayette 56 to 34. Gordon Central 37 to 7 and Southeast Whitfield County 48 to 0. And quick note, all of those schools were in larger classifications than Gordon Lee. Uh, got two double A schools, two triple A schools and one quad A school. Right. And all those are 
Northwest Georgia, right. if I'm not mistaken. Local uh, teams. So playing playing locally there. Their first loss came against Bowden, 21 to 23, and that started region play for them. Uh, so they started region play with a loss, but then they rattled off four straight to end the season. Mount Zion, they beat 42 to seven. They beat our boys from Best Academy, <laughs> 14 to eight. Uh, our mo- our our merchie. Is there another R in there? I don't know, sure? but that's how people say it. I mean, they we say a lot of words wrong in commerce, but and Listen, that might be have some listeners from Northwest Georgia that, that can help us say, out. yeah, that's not how you. Okay, forty nine to fourteen is the, is the final. <laughs> there, they beat Tron fifty to thirteen to close out the regular season and finish as the two seed. Um, then, of course, last week they beat Georgia Military fifty six to nothing. One note is, uh, as we always kind of like to, you know, go through the results, but look at it from a, a broad stroke. Overall opponent record. 41 and 75. Yeah, that to me, when I was reviewing Gordon Lee, that was the number one statistic that stuck out in my mind. And uh, you look, there's a lot of lopsided wins on that schedule, and, and you wonder at the quality of the team that they played. You look at the closest games they had were, were Bowden for the region championship and uh, Best Academy down there in Atlanta, 14 to 8. Um, yeah. So I think those two games, when you look at it, that's the best gauge of the quality of team for of Gordon Lee. Right, and they only they played only three playoff teams, and they were all the other region teams that they played. Whereas you know, most teams you get you get out of your first five before mm-hmm. you hit region, you got some teams that probably make the playoffs. Um, not the case for Gordon Lee, uh, Bowden, Mount Zion, and Best Academy. Uh, that was their four teams they played out of the playoffs that made the playoffs. As you said, you know the loss to Bowden twenty one twenty three, blew out Mount Zion, and then a close one uh, against Best Academy, their closest game of the year other than Bowden. So um, that is how their 2020 season is uh, broken down. Do we want to go ahead into, like, the film review session that we, right, we've, we've kind of started here? Proceed. So their offense, uh, it's essentially a single wing without a traditional fullback. Um, we spent some time just before recording kind of going through this and looking at some of their formations and some of their uh, different people they put into motion. And it, it, it's not a tradition – you're not going to see traditional – two traditional single wing plays. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they mix it up a little bit. Yeah, it's a really interesting offense. Uh, it's really strong power offense. you got a lot of pulling on the line of scrimmage. you got a lot guards. of lead blockers. Um, you got a blocking back, essentially, Yeah, out there at slot. They've got some size, too, from what uh, from what you you said and what I saw in the brief amount of film that I watched. Uh, so it'll be interesting. offensive line's really good. Uh, that, that's kind of what I noticed most. Um, not only do they have a, a really talented couple of running backs, but their offensive line strong. What was the guy, number 50? Wasn't that the guy you yeah, said stuck out? Yeah, I can't remember out? his name, but he, he's good. Yeah. He, he's a good player. and he, he, He's a tackle, and he plays defensive tackle a little bit too. They're a lot like Commerce. They yeah, have a bunch of guys that play both ways. But, uh, yeah, good player. Um, you, a lot of the little things that he does, you know, on some of the backside plays, it's like, yeah, that, you can tell. You know, he's been that playing guy ball a long doing. time. Yeah. And he's a big He's big too, so – uh, defense, you know, they gang tackle well. They get to the ball really well. There's no one that completely stands out, but as a unit, they're just really, really solid. Yeah. Um, special teams, they have a solid kicker. Uh, Montgomery Keppert, I think is his name. He's 53 of 55 on PATs, which is incredible uh, mm-hmm. for the season there. I have on the stat sheet that he's only attempted one field goal. I'm not sure if that's right or not, but he did miss a field goal in the Bowden game where they lost by two. Yeah, that's that's a big stat there. Um and we don't know the down distance. We don't or the distance. We of the don't field know the goal. time even really. Not yeah, he kicked it, but that could have could have affected the game 
Yeah, and that could be a, a, a factor in the Commerce game. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the film review, offense, defense, special teams, get right into key players. We touched on one already. Um, but, they're, I mean, the biggest name that's on the board is, is Cade Peterson, uh, the senior running back. He lines up at um, running back most of the times. I've seen him in the, kind of in that slot back position where they'll run some end rounds and stuff like that to him. He returns punts and kicks. I mean, they, they just get him the ball in several different ways, and they get him the ball in creative situations where – um, he can get outside. He can get in the middle. He can kind of, you know, make his own lanes. Um, they block really well for him, and he's he can he, he's very elusive. Um, he's tough to tackle. He 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 just kind of slides right, you know, slides right by people. People slide right off of him. So um, some of his stats on the year: he's had seven hundred-yard rushing games. Three of those were two hundred or more. He's got twenty-six touchdowns with a ten-point-eight yards per carry. Well over fifteen hundred yards, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was thinking it was more like seventeen hundred now, but yeah. I'm 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 not sure. I didn't see that final total, but in in the brief amount of film that I watched um, today, he reminded me a little bit of Sammy Brown, uh, just the kind of running style that he has. Maybe not as quick as Sammy, uh, or as aggressive as Sammy, but strong. Runs with a, a strong you know weight behind him. Maybe a little bit smaller, but a really good looking player. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what we've seen. Yeah, and like I mentioned, uh, senior there. They got another senior, number two, Jacob Neal. He's a wide receiver and corner. Uh, he plays both positions very well. He, and he It seems like when the ball's in the air, he finds a way to get into position and make plays on it. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of what I've noticed the most. Uh, he's thrown to the most when they do throw the ball. They don't throw it a whole lot, but they, they're effective when they do, and he's kind of their, their best receiver. Um, and I think we pronounced it – did you pronounce it gross or gross? Gross. I, I might have lisped a little bit. I'm not sure how, what, <laughs> how it's pronounced, but I think I think his son is Blake, and I it think he's be. the quarterback, number nine, Blake Gross, uh, senior quarterback, and he operates the offense very efficiently, doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes, um, saying a lot of the same things that we say about Trey Huff. Last, I want to mention number three, Bo Rudy. Uh, kind of in the shadow of Cade Peterson a little bit, but don't let that fool you. He's a sophomore running back. He plays on defense as well, but he's uh, he's at, he's over 100 yards rushing in six contests this year. He's got 11 touchdowns, and I think he only needs like 80 more yards or something to be over the 1,000-yard the mark for the season. So kind of a one-two punch. Uh, Cade Peterson deservedly gets a lot of shine, but – Bo Rudy can't let can't let him sleep up uh, sneak up on you either. Yeah, anytime you have two ball carriers who have close to a thousand yards or over a thousand yards on a season, you know you got to watch out for that team. Uh, it's a ton of offense there, really impressive. Yep, a good unit all together. Uh, they run the ball well. They, like I said, they're efficient and they throw the ball um, a lot, like Commerce. Um, I think we're going to see a similar team coming to Ray Lamb Stadium on Friday night. Shall we get into matchups? Let's do it. We always do three. Um, I think this one, this week, the most important thing is going to be corralling Cade Peterson, and not only him, but Bo Rudy, and controlling the gaps. Yeah, and, and talking about gap control, one thing that I've seen just in, from their film is we can't get reach blocked. We can't lose our outside shoulder and let them create like a running lane in between the corner and the edge of the line of scrimmage. Because from what I've seen in the, the long runs that they've broken – that's where they find their crease. Um, so it's going to be a big game for our outside linebackers and for our defensive ends. you got to get those running backs on the ground, especially Cade Peterson. Uh, get two two to the ball, three to the ball, whatever it takes. Got to get him on the ground. Can't let him bust off those 20, 30-yard runs because mm-hmm. that will get him in, in a, you know, the 
the right side of the 50, you can start controlling the game a little bit better, mm-hmm. and then it starts getting real close, and you start kind of worrying about it. <laughs> Moving on the line of scrimmage, on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive, you know, the Tiger offensive line. We just talked about the Tiger defense, but the Tiger offensive line, um, can they get consistent movement throughout the game? Uh, Gordon Lee is going to be better prepared than most for our style of play, given that they run a similar concept. It's not, you know, the triple option. But it is a lot of pulling guards. A lot of, they 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 see this they see this type of this type of offense every day. Very physical. That's very the physical. word you're looking for. And I, I I see when I look at Gordon Lee is they're very physical. But to our advantage, Commerce has a a very physical offensive line too. So we're kind of going strength first strength here. I I uh, looked through some articles this week, and uh, I saw in Jackson Herald Ben Monroe had had written a piece about the Commerce and Jefferson offensive lines and how strong both of those teams have been on the offensive line this year. And really the only time that we have not had a great offensive performance has been that Athens Academy game. And it's been – and really the key to that game, I think, is is we lost some battles on the offensive line physically. And and for the rest of the season, like, we have, we have to win those battles, strength versus strength. And I think that Commerce really has the capability of winning this battle, but it, it will be on the shoulders of the offensive line. And, and talking about Ben Monroe, wanted to give him a, a quick shout-out. Yeah. If you guys did not get the chance to read the great piece he wrote about the uh, 2000 State Championship uh, team this year, kind of a retrospective article, kind of touching base with those guys, what it's been like since the 20 years of the, our second state championship. Uh, it's a great piece. I really think he should have won an award for that game, that article. It is a good article. Go out and get you a copy of the Jackson Herald at, at the newsstand near you, wherever that may be. Uh, maybe up at Ingles. I know they got one up at Ingles. Yeah, the gas station. Go get the uh, go get that Ben Monroe piece. It's really good. Um, yeah, t- talk to several players that are still involved in the program. Some of them, mm-hmm. Kyle Moore. Uh, shout out to the voice of the sky, voice in the sky at Commerce High, Rob, Rob Brown. I uh, hope he's doing well. If he's listening to this, uh, Russ is filling in nicely though. Yeah, he, he could is. be he's coming for your job. job. <laughs> you Got to get back out there pretty soon. The brothers Brown. <laughs> so that is a great article. Uh, last thing we want to talk about matchups. It's kind of it, you know it's cliche, but it's so true. We always have this as a third thing, and it's it's so true, especially in playoffs, mm-hmm. playoff games, turnover battle and penalties. Those self inflicted mistakes. We did a great job last week. Uh, won the turnover battle, had less penalties. It was a pretty clean game all around. But um, the self-inflicted mistakes, can you avoid them? And then special teams, which Commerce has excelled at all year. Yeah. But now we're, you know, we get, it seems like they have a kicker that, uh, you know, gets the job done as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know, no, don't know much about their their punting unit. They haven't had to punt a whole lot. I know that. Um, so <laughs> that's our that's our that's our third thing. What do you think about that, Song? Um, we are ahead on the season in the turnover battle now. You talked about we won the turnover yeah, battle yeah, last. We mentioned that last week, yeah. 15-14. Uh, We've had 15, forced 15 turnovers, uh, lost 14. Um, penalties penalties have really kind of been reined in since that Washington-Wilkes game. Uh, we talked about that during the, the review of that game. It kind of got out of hand. It's really an emotional game. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've performed better in the last two weeks. And special teams, uh, I, I didn't touch on this on the review of Manchester, but Air Diaz had a great night. Um, I think he hit all of his PATs. Yeah, touchbacks. Uh, a lot of touchbacks. 44 yarder. Uh, he was, yeah. All state punter, Bo Childers. That was a classic Air Diaz. It was vintage Air Diaz. It was prime Air Gosh. Diaz. Uh, great. Childers had nailed a good 46 yard punt. 
he continues to be a factor in special teams and on every facet of the game. Mm-hmm. Great player. Um, and then we made things happen on special teams Friday night with David King recovering that, that bad snap in the end zone. You know, we lit up the punter and he dropped the ball in the end zone. We scored our final touchdown um, as a fumble recovery in the end zone. So finding ways to make things happen on special teams, you know, you think back to Sammy Brown returning a, a, a kickoff return against Athens Academy. We've, we've played really good special teams all year, and I, I think that continues um, against Gordon Lee. Yeah, that's something I didn't mention was the return game. I mean, now you got Sammy Brown, uh, and they, they, you know, they they obviously have a have a pretty good return man yeah. that we touched on in Cade Peterson. So that could be another factor of the special teams, keeping it away from those guys on the on the on the kickoffs and punt returns. Yeah. Um, well, Creed Creed Dunbar on our punt returns, but uh, predictions. This is the last thing we'll keep those matchups in mind as we're watching the game. But what do you think, Uncle Saul? Let's get our predictions on the record here, and uh, let's let's talk about what we think will happen. Friday night. I, I haven't even thought about this all week. I never really do. This is usually just like on the spot. S- on the spot. <laughs> What's your heart tell you? How were we last week? I think I think we we were uh, pretty close. I think we were I think decently close. I think I said thirty five fourteen. I said forty two to seven. Yeah. I think you said thirty five to six. So we were something a little like under that. on both. That teams. is. Yeah. That's exactly right. So. Um. But I think this week it will be a lower scoring game. I think both of these teams play better defense than than we did last week and what we saw last week. Um, I think Commerce 24, Mm. Gordon Lee 14. Mm. Okay. So you're going a little lower. That's the the hardest thing about picking these because Commerce, you know, they've played in both types of games. They've played – you know the the really close low scoring games against Washington Wilkes and, and Lincoln, and then you, you, they've got the, they can score at will. So that's the hard part. I think it's going to be more high scoring. Yeah. I think Gordon Lee. I think Gordon Lee's offense is is good enough to score a few times, and I think Commerce will, obviously his offense is is good enough to score a lot. Um, I think Commerce thirty eight, Gordon Lee twenty one. Okay. I think that's that's the final score. I think it'll be really a really good game though yeah. for for you know deep into the game, probably three quarters into the game, and I think Commerce is going to score a couple late to hopefully put it away. Maybe some lightning in a bottle from Tylen Brock or something like that. That'd be nice. Um, that'll do it for us here today. Anything else to add there, Uncle Song? Um, yeah. I've been misspelling Sean Cunningham's name all season on the Twitter when we live tweet games. I want to apologize to him. His name is spelled with a W and not with a U. Just final thoughts there. That was one thing that I didn't get to mention earlier, and I wanted to apologize. Clean that up. Shout out to him, too, for getting two offers this week, two collegiate offers. Absolutely. Potluck Pick'em for round two of the playoffs will be out by the time you're hearing this on our Twitter. Get your picks in there at Potluck Football. Folks listening from Gordon Lee in northwest Georgia, uh, thanks for listening. Come on down to Commerce. Avoid the, the chains over at 85. Opt for a local place, mm-hmm. downtown Commerce. You got Huck's, kind of the mainstay there. Sliced on Elm, if you want a pizza or a sub. You got El Perion, good yep. Mexican cuisine. Awesome folks who run that place. And then Commerce Bar and Grill right next to El Perion. So come, if, you do, if you are coming from Gordon Lee and you're listening to this, uh, which we think some people may be, um, just, uh, yeah, eat, eat local while you're here. Yeah, and the honestly, the concession stand at Commerce High School is pretty good, too. Uh, sometimes we have some wild cards for the playoffs, like fried Oreos and That guy hasn't been back, though. I know. What a God, what a what a great memory. Fried Twinkies. Fried <laughs> What you a delectable that? treat. It that, was so that, good. That guy needs to come back. Uh, 
Thanks for listening. We'll catch you up on all happenings <laughs> next week. Hope to see you in your A-Lamb Stadium. Go Tigers.